You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Dave returns at a nine-foot homemade oak bar. What's All up? was well in the end, right? I mean, like, I was worried last week about you. I was like, no, I mean, I this guy got COVID? I was no, worried. I had had a, a, no, as I the had kids call it, the Rona, and I was nervous. No, I had a, had a migraine. I okay. had a headache. Well, you know, I don't want I'm wor- I worry about you, buddy. I, mean, I don't want anything bad happening to you. No, dude. I had, a, right. I, had a, I, had a, I had a splitting headache, so I was... Yeah. No, unless they've added... Um, Headaches, uh, like migraines, yeah, to the yeah, uh, everything's the, in there right now. To the symptom of everything's of the, in there. Of the beer bug, you get so. gout, you might have Rona. You don't know. Okay, well. there's all kinds of weird things that can happen to you. Socks in the basement is brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions, family-owned, veteran-owned, female-owned, located on the southwest side of Chicago, and covering northern Illinois and northwest Indiana. And they do a great job with everything from sump pumps to foundations. We got water down here in the studio a few weeks ago. No pressure. They they totally found the best solution for me. They didn't overcharge me. They didn't try to upsell me. Uh, I got to tell you, I recommend them fully. And when you reach out to them, tell them that Socks in the Basement sent you FAMWS.com. And I feel bad for some of the, the local businesses. I'm going to take two minutes here because we announced on Saturday that we were going to start a thing called Socks in a Brewery that we were going to do every once in a while on Saturdays. Blue Island Beer Company in Blue Island, Open Outcry Brewing, where we have the soundcheck bar. Eight of your friends or less can rent out this little thing they have on the roof that's got a little heaters in it, and it's probably perfect now because of all the restrictions that happened because I think it still fits the guidelines. And you get beer waiting for you when you show up. It's awesome. It's got all those Socks in the Basement memorabilia, pictures uh, with us with Farmio and Ron Kittle and bunch of other folks up there and, and it also has uh, free socks in the basement swag you get to take including the trucker hats but we're going to do some shows over the next couple months and i said it's tentative when we did the show on saturday because i just felt it coming right and now there's all these restrictions again on the bars and the restaurants and uh, this is not a political statement this is a statement from a guy who has made an awful lot of friends at bars and restaurants who have worked with us who have supported socks in the basement from cork and carry at the beginning the jack's place now Open Outcry and Blue Island Beer Company and all the folks at the Dixie Highway Brewery Trail. We just had so many that have helped us out throughout the years. And I know all these guys that own these places personally. And I know how hard this is going to be the second time around because it almost killed them the first time. I hope that if you have the opportunity to take carry out, if you're able to order beer online, you're able to order food online from any of these places, please take the opportunity to do so because we want them around because I think we're almost to the end of this thing. I feel like we're more... I'll go nuts if it lasts another year. So I feel like we're getting a little, it might, but I, it will, I'll go very nuts. Well, it very well okay? might. It very, it very well nuts. might. It I, very you know, well might. I, I, but I mean, like, just there's that little part of me that just wants it to get better so bad, but I don't want these pe- people to all be gone. And they're, and they're all mom and pop things. They're all business owners that this, this is their livelihood and this is how they feed their families. So if you're able to help these folks out, please make sure that you do it. That is my soapbox. I don't get on it that often. And I don't even think it was a soapbox. It was just a plea to help those folks out. And I think we'll still be able to at least do a show from open outcry because they always adjust over there. 
Have you been watching the World Series? On and off. I watched a little bit on Friday. I've seen, I've been keeping up with a lot of highlights. Did you see the Game 4 finish? It was like a Little League game. The Game 4 finish, I did see. That That was was, amazing. That was silliness. I mean, you get the ball. The ball goes off of the center fielder Taylor's glove with two outs and runners on first and second. That's going to allow the runner to come home from second without a problem. But the guy from first decides he's coming all the way around. Right. Muncie cuts it off, throws it to the plate. And you've got that guy only halfway down the baseline between home and third. Oh, and the catcher and the just catcher is so anxious. I mean, he's, the ball, he's basically yeah. a rookie. Will Smith is basically a rookie. He got a little bit of playing time in 2019, but he's basically a rookie that's got about 80 games under his belt at this point, maybe, maybe less in the majors. And he's in this situation in the World Series, and he just is so anxious to get around and make the tag. He feels like he's so much closer than he is. Which I'm going to tell you, even when I'm playing 16 inch softball. And I'm waiting for like the ball to come home because I figured it was going to be a play. I glance to my left if right. I'm at home plate, right? right? Or if I'm covering any base, I'm glancing to my left to see how far the guy is. He never glanced. He has no idea where the runner is. He just thinks it's going to be bad. So he just spins and never has the ball with him when he spins around. Runner comes home and scores. And it's, a t- it's all tied up. Now, by the time this airs, it might be over. If it's over... By the time you hear this, that would mean five days later, options, all these things, teams have to make their decisions five days after the World Series. So that would be happening, if I'm not mistaken, on Sunday. And then, if it isn't that, it's going to happen on Monday. But I kind of wanted to go through it a little bit with you today, and I'm just curious what your thoughts are today. Fire away. And what the heck? We got some time. We do. World Series going on. Right after the World Series, they can interview A.J. Hinch. I still believe that's which the I manager. Hope that, which I hope they do. They need to pick up, they need, they need to pick up the phone and call him the, the day after that World Series happens. Because he's still, he's still to me, he to me is the guy that I want. I mean, of all of the names that have been thrown out, he is the guy that I want. So um, I'm hoping they make that happen. Well, the, the rumors all around are that it's A.J. Hinch is in the mix with the White Sox job. And Tony La Russa is still a candidate. But don't you find it curious that the White Sox have had all this time to talk to anybody else and it's just basically Tony La Russa. They right. fire their manager, they're talking to a friend, and that way it looks like they're doing something. But I think they're just waiting around until A.J. Hinch becomes available. And then if he doesn't do it, I think you'll actually see a search. I don't think it'll be right to La Russa. I think you'll see a search. I think you'll realize no, that I don't think La Russa is a serious thing. I might be wrong, but I, in my gut, I don't believe it's even a serious so it thing. So really, before we get to this, it was really funny because I read, so White Sox Twitter and Facebook and social media got all into an uproar because there was a report that came out last week that was saying that Tony La Russa is the quote unquote lead candidate. He's yeah, that's the number. He's that's the not, number. It's not he's true. the number. He's the number one candidate for the position. And then so I I I immediately changed my pants. And then I read the article. <laughs> the source came from Bruce Levine. So at that point, I was like, Ah, okay, this is fine. We're good. <laughs> did, did, it came from Bruce Levine. Did Paul Sullivan it's help him find true. sources too? It's was it not a Bruce true. Levine, was it a Bruce Levine Paul Sullivan combo story? Like I didn't the, see the Paul was, Sullivan, but no, it was. It definitely <laughs> Bruce. It, the report came from Levine, and I was like. Ah, okay. Good. It's not real. Everything is everything is better now. <laughs> He's got like I mean, I feel like Bruce's entire job is he gets up in the morning and reads his text from whatever the front office sends yep. him, and then he writes a story on it, and then he goes gets a nice lunch. Yeah, like I feel like that's how Bruce lives his life now. I don't know Bruce personally, but as somebody who's read him and listened to him and everything else over the years, 
That's kind of what I think is going on at this point. Right. All right, so Alex Colomay, let's go through the impending free agents they're going to have to make a decision on, okay? Colomay uh, is uh, going to be a free agent. That's, I mean, that's something he's just going to go into. You don't have any kind of option on him. He's gonna he's gonna cost some money. He's gonna cost a lot. Ten and a half million last year. Yeah, and that's that's when it, that's gonna go up. And that was an arbitration number. Yeah, that's no, he's up. expecting much more than that. I still feel like you have such a deep bullpen. You don't need to go after him. What do you think? I I mean, are you? How serious are we about Aaron Bummer as the closer? I don't. I, I don't, think he could do it. I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. If this was Aaron Bummer of two years ago, then I'm just like, what are you nuts? But after seeing what Aaron Bummer has done, after seeing the resurgence of Aaron Bummer, I'm. I, listen, if you're gonna save, if you're gonna throw twelve, thirteen million dollars at a problem, it, it it can't be a closer. It just can't be. No. And, and the thing is, look, I'm just going to read off the guys that you're going to have available in your bullpen, especially if the White Sox go out and get two starting pitchers, which right. I think they're doing. Yeah. Okay? I think they're getting two starting pitchers. I think it's like go for a guy like Bauer and then grab somebody that's like a fourth or fifth starter, and then you're going to have a competition for the other fourth or fifth spot between Dunning and Kopech and Cease. And I guess Reynaldo Lopez, although I don't even think they should tender him. I, 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 I don't even think I they should tender know. him. I think they should just move on. But I mean, anyway, I, there's not a lot of people who feel away. But anyway. No matter what happens, you got swing guys in Kopech and Cease that could be in your bullpen easily if they're not in the starting rotation. Let's say Dunning makes it in there and you got two guys that get added in. All right. Marshall, Fry's a lefty, Crochet's a lefty, Cordero, Hoyer, Bummer, Foster, Stever, Flores, Birdie. I mean, the list goes on of relief pitchers that you have that can win a role that you think you're going to, like you say all the time. Relief pitchers are a dime a dozen. Don't drop that much cash on that. If the White Sox are cash-strapped, then don't spend it on that. Now, I believe that if I were running the team, I would have a positive outlook. I'd be like, baseball's coming back. Even if we have to play with like some kind of restrictions at the very beginning, at some point, I am going to have ballparks full of people, and I am going to make money, and I've got a good team, and let's go out and get everything we possibly can. Because why do we have to spend like a mid-market to small-market team? We're in Chicago. So if if I have my druthers, they go out after George Springer and Trevor Bauer and sign Colomay and everything else they want to do. But I get the reading off the White Sox that that's not the budget that they have this year because of the hit that Reinsdorf took. I might be wrong, but we're always trying to figure out what do we think the team is doing. I know what I want them to do. Go out and spend a bunch of money. You've got it, Jerry. Okay? But he's. I think yours going to be a cry poor or a... Uh, a measured thing when it comes to investing money, especially with another CBA around the corner here in a uh, little bit. Yes. I mean, and, and coming out of this. So I think there's going to be a set budget. I think they can make additions, but I don't think it's going to be that much higher of a payroll than it was last year. So because of that, I don't think Colomay makes sense with those, with those relief pitchers. I don't think Colomay makes sense. You're so deep. You're so deep in that bullpen. I exactly. mean, if everybody stays healthy, you're so deep and you know, yeah, I just, <sighs> A, a guy like a guy like Marshall or Bummer could easily win that role. And then you save yourself 12, 13, 14 million dollars that you can go and spend uh, elsewhere. Cody Hoyer could take that role. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Garrett Crochet, even though they look at him as a starting pitcher, could get could take that role. There's a lot of guys that could take that role. All right. James McCann, I know everybody loves him. I like me some Jimmy McCann. Uh, there's no way that the second best catcher on the market after JT Realmoto is going to come back to this team without getting an awful lot of money. 
and you should spend that on pitching. And an awful lot of playing right. time, and, too. Yeah. And Gerard Dyson, he's the kind of guy you can let go in the free agency and then turn around and sign because he'll be floating out there for a long time. He is what he is. He's a defensive speed specialist. Right. That's what he is. You need that later on. You can get a trade for that like you did when you went and got Gerard, or you can go pick him up now. Here we go. Club options. You tell me what you're doing. Edwin Encarnacion. No. Pay him $12 million or let him go for nothing. Later. <laughs> okay. Gio Gonzalez, $7 million for next year or a $500,000 buyout. Really? You're thinking about no, this? No, you can't. Let no. him go. Let him There's go. plenty of other pitchers that are out there. Plenty of other pitchers that are out there, okay? Leary Garcia, this is the question. Is that I, $3.5 million or $250,000 buyout? I, I keep him. See, here's the thing. I feel like depending on what the White Sox actually think of him internally makes this decision. Remember when they didn't pick up Yomer, but Yomer was going to be like $6 million. And that was like a joke. It's like, we're going to pay Yomer Sanchez $6 million? It's crazy. Right. And then he just bounced around major, the major leagues and he eventually picked up a guy like him or him, actually. They actually picked they him actually up, picked yes. picked him up later on. So, but with, with Larry, if you like him, $3.5 million isn't bad. And if you don't like him, you'll probably find a guy similar to him for $3.5 million. But I don't know if you like him and you like his versatility and you have a plan for him, you're paying three and a half million. I personally like the versatility. To me, he's worth the three. To me, he's worth the three and a half million. Socks in the basement listeners do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. The most important thing, Dave, is that Tony La Russa, I'm not, I'm not looking for him to be the manager of this team. I mean, I just oh. keep trying to imagine like a Rick Hahn conversation with Tony La Russa. You know? Like the two of them get I, together. I mean, how does that conversation go? Like, is it like Rick is sitting in his office and Jerry comes walking down and introduces his friend? And then Rick goes, okay, fine, let's, let's talk, Tony. And Jerry, instead of leaving, shuts the door and sits in the corner and just watches from the shadows. Like, how does that go when poor Rick Hahn has to interview Tony La Russa? Hopefully not like that. I mean, is that, I mean, like, I wonder is, how that goes. Or is it like, it, is listen. it like, is it like Rick says, let's take a walk around the ballpark and have a chat. And as he's walking like around the concourse and they're having a conversation, they're just randomly bumping into people just happen to be out like Kenny Williams. Like, oh, hey guys. I just happen to be hanging out here in center field. Oh, How's the interview going? And then he just keeps walking and, you know, up comes like Jerry Reiser. He's like, I was just taking a stroll myself. Mind if I walk with you? And Han's just like, what's going on here? Is like, Jerry, is that how it's going? Listen, is, is Jerry Reinsdorf? Does he feel the, that the only time, the only time, the only time that in my memory, recent memory that Jerry Reinsdorf has actually fired a manager 
being now, you know, with, with um, Ricky Renneria, do you really have to call Tony LaRusa back, who's the only other manager that you've ever fired? He's an old man. He's got regrets about what he did. Do you really need to do you really need to interview Tony LaRusa? He feels to, bad to, about so, it. so that you can go to sleep at night? I think really? so. I think so. You know? I mean, like they're like Han's out there getting a churro. He's like, Do you want a churro too, Tony? And you hear like, you know, from behind a post, Kenny going, Can I get a churro? One for Jerry? Chocolate. Like something like that. This is like, I, like I just kind of like I wonder. Like it's like so. Then Rick's like, okay, well, let's go get in the car and we'll go to like you know we'll go out to dinner and we'll talk some. Tony, he's like, yeah, sure. And they they go and they get seated. And two seconds later, here comes Jerry and Kenny, and they're like, hey, can we can we push our table up next to you guys? Since we just happen to show the up in the same is place. Seventy something. The guy is seventy some odd, late seventies year old. He hasn't managed. He hasn't managed. Literally, it's going to be ten years. Here's the thing: I don't, I, I don't doubt his managerial skills. Like that's the thing. I think Tony Larusa is a pretty smart manager, and if you're a Hall of Fame manager, you're a Hall of Fame manager until you die. And but I question a couple things. One: How does Tony Larusa make it through the entire run that this team is going to have? Because we have a window that's going to be open for a good amount of time for most of this decade, right? Right. And then, secondly, how does Tony Larusa? Sit there and smile when Tim Anderson's flipping bats and talking crap from the dugout. I don't. And these guys are handing out a gold chain to each other every time they hit a single. Like, how does Tony LaRusso, Mr. Old School, mesh with that team? The game, the game has changed. Yeah, you know, Tony LaRusso, Tony LaRusso was a great manager back then. But the thing of it is, the game is so much different now. And... You know, Rick Hahn gave this whole section of his, dedicated this whole section of his press conference a couple of weeks ago to, and he used the word or he used the phrases, yeah, these, you know, the manager has to be able to change. And how are you going to expect that out of, out of 20, you know, out of, out of Tony LaRusa in 2020? It just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. It's just, it's a different ball game now. So I don't see Tony La Russa being able to really be an effective manager. Like we now. haven't talked about him very much because I don't think that it's real. And I, I honestly, I don't, I just don't think it's a real thing unless it's the way that I just described it. And then it's just horrible and it, it makes me shudder. And isn't it funny that this is how you view the team? Like, there are so many fans who are like, I could totally see that. I could totally see what Chris is saying, that Jerry's standing in the corner while he interviews his friend. I could totally see Rick try Rick Hodge. Like, that's the impression the team gives you about how things work in there, even if it doesn't. That's that's kind of the impression that the team gives you. Yeah. Okay? Then the fact that Tony would know everybody there because everybody gets a job there for life. So all the same people are there from when he was a coach in the 80s. Right. So he's just, you're like, oh, how you doing? Like, yeah, hopefully Tony doesn't have Facebook. Some of them probably some of them probably played with him <laughs> Hopefully Tony, played under him. Well, hopefully Tony doesn't have Facebook because they'll be listening to the same stories about their kids when he already knows it. Okay? Because he's going to have a lot of catching up to do while he's walking around the ballpark with all the old faces that are still there. But that's the impression that you get about Listen, the team I, is that I, that's how it works. And maybe I'm just absolutely crazy for thinking that, but I think a lot of fans think that about this I don't team. even think Tony LaRusso knows what Facebook is. I, I don't think, think Tony LaRusso I don't think Tony LaRusso is a real candidate. See, I still think this is a dodge. I still think this is a let's let's make Tony relevant. Tony defended Harold Baines when he got 
when he got put into the Hall of Fame and went on shows on the MLB Network and argued with people and yelled at them because that was disrespectful to Harold Baines and the White Sox. Tony La Russa is a good, good friend of this organization, even if he didn't win a World Series with them, and a good friend of Jerry Reinsdorf. And when they're doing a managerial search, I, I just feel like my way of thinking of how Jerry thinks is, hey, Tony, I got a general manager that's going out to look for a manager. I want to make sure that he works on his first interview with somebody I know rather than just starts off with a guy that he wants. Well, I hope so. And that's and that's what I hope and what I think is happening here. And, you know, we're going to let you be the face of the search so that nobody else sees what we're doing. And Tony's like, cool, I got nothing else going on, right? Right. And you might even see Tony join the White Sox. His buddy Dave Duncan's already in there in the organization. They love well, each other like best a, buddies. Bring him in as a consultant. He or was a, a consultant for the Angels, and the like deal that. just ended. The deal just ended with the Angels that he had. Okay, so the, you might see a couple of different things happen here, but the idea that you're going to see him standing there, as much as I would love to see a Tony Larusa on Sundays standing in the old '83 jersey with his foot on the top of the step, just so I could feel like I was like 10 years old again. Like I, so I, I don't no, want to. It's see as, it. it's as ludicrous as bringing Mike Ditka back to coach the Bears. Maybe it's as Ditka coach it's the White as, Sox. It's as ludicrous as bringing Mike Keenan back to coach the Blackhawks. Okay, it doesn't. <laughs> you know this whole idea of hey, let's get the band back together again because it worked once. 30 years ago so i mean it's gonna work again now like, right this would be like no just i don't jerry reinstorf said you know what it was mean what we did to doug collins he's gonna be the coach of the bulls now <laughs> this would be like. listen listen you laugh chris but i followed some bulls basketball doug collins name had been thrown around a lot yeah but a did lot. he get, he didn't get hired no, he didn't right? get hired right, so he didn't get this hired is like, this but... is how they work this is how a reinstorf organization works do a little nostalgia Kind of calm down the crazy fan base that needs to know the name of the guy that they're going after and then go hire the other guy. Like maybe this is just, this is how a Reinstorf organization works. I have no idea. That's I, I'm, I'm befuddled by it, but there's still this common side of me that doesn't believe that it's actually going to happen. Braiding your daughter's hair, taking care of a sick parent, the promise to your baby that there's nothing in the world you wouldn't do for them. For 175 years, New York Life Insurance Company has lived by this belief. Love is more than a feeling, it's an action. Putting your love into action starts with a simple phone call to your local New York Life agent, David Miller. Good fan of the show, big White Sox fan. Give him a call, 773-957-3630 or go to NewYorkLife.com. He will make sure your needs always come first, just like you take care of your family. Before we, uh, we end up the show, uh, the best anniversary in my life, don't tell my wife, just uh, happened over the last few days, 15 years ago, White Sox win the World Series in 2005. Yes. And every time I see a highlight, I have a memory, not just of the moment that it happened, but like who I was with, where I was at, stuff like that. And I, I talked a little bit about it the last time I was on the air, but I, I, you weren't here. And I, I brought up that, that night that we watched the Canerco Grand Slam in my apartment. Oh, game two, yeah. And then the, the Pesednik walk-off. 
And I talked about how I was on my knees muttering to myself, this doesn't happen to my team. No. And it's true, right? You remember that, right? I was I just, What do you remember about that? That night particularly, I just I remember I remember sitting on I remember sitting on the couch and just like, you know, you on your knees in front of the TV. I just it was more like the Pudsednik thing was just shock and disbelief because you're just sitting there going, no way. Come on. No, that didn't there's, happen. There's there's no way that's going on. There was, a little, there was a little part like, of you that you were waiting for the umpire to like call some weird rule and make him replay the pitch. Like, yeah, you just didn't believe it had that, happened. You know, the fact that Scott Pudsednik, of all people, hits the walk-off home run in a World Series game, like, it just didn't... It, I, didn't you know, compute. I yeah. We're just like, I just looked at, 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 you know, the other person who was there, we were just sitting on the couch. We were just like, no way that, that right. just, that just, that, that couldn't have just happened. All right. Right. And we, uh, and I remember game three, the next night, no, no game three, two nights later, because you get the day off Yep. game three, it went so late and Erica was pregnant with Audrey who now is at mother Macaulay high school. This is how long it's been since the white Sox have been to a world series. She was pregnant with my first child, and she was close. She actually had false labor pains. I had to take her over to Christ Hospital. Uh, when the White Sox won the pennant, they were examining her, and I was watching it with, like, two nurses and a janitor because I was like, I, I can't believe I'm watching the White Sox win the pennant for the first time since 1959 in a hospital instead of with my father, and I still hold that over her head because if the baby didn't come out, I blamed her for that. But anyway, <laughs> I, I'm getting over it now. Can you tell? So, so anyway, I remember that she wasn't feeling well and she wanted to go to sleep and she couldn't sleep in the bed. There was some way that the baby was laying. So she liked the couch and we only had this like one bedroom apartment and I only had one TV in the place in Beverly and she's laying on the couch and I was like, I'll turn the lights off. That's okay. I'll watch it. And I fell asleep <laughs> and woke up to Blum running around the bases. And for a moment I'm looking at it going, what happened? Huh? Did we just hit a, is it what? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm coming out of the fog of passing out. And I passed out at the beginning of that inning. I don't remember Blum coming up to the plate. I remember the at bat beforehand, but it was just getting so long. And I, you know, I was dealing with a pregnant wife and I was wiped out and I'd been working all day long. And I was just like, huh? And, and then I, luckily I was using a VHS tape. This dates you. I was recording all the games on VHS. Right. So they go to the commercial break. So the Astros are going to come up at the bottom of the inning. And I'm rewinding the VHS tape and watching the home run back and forth. And I didn't want to admit it to anybody. I mean, I tried to fake that forever until somebody caught me and how I was telling the story. And they were like, you fell asleep, didn't you? I'm like, yes, I, I fell asleep and I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But even then in game four, think about it. Game four, you were up three games to none and you had the lead. And until your rebate gets to Canerco in a hair on that final out, you were convinced the Astros were going to come back and win and we were going to lose the World Series in seven, right? I was at a, I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings with some friends that night, yeah. And it was even, It was so intense, you were like, there's no way we're winning the World Series. Like, this yeah, is all falling it, apart. It, couldn't, it, it, was, it felt like that the whole time. Right. It felt like that the whole time, especially because with how close that game was the whole way through. And then the go-ahead run uh, happens late. I thought um, it was like the eighth inning, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. then... 
And then the uh, Willie still, Harris with his uh, RBI single yeah, scoring Jermaine Die, or still, was it the other way around? Jermaine Die with the RBI single scoring Willie Harris. Pretty sure it was yeah. the other way around. Yeah. Um. But uh, no. And then you just, even though you had those six outs to get, you just, you were just waiting for the bottom to fall out. Well, yeah. Jenks had already blown a saving game too. Yes, he had. Okay, and got bailed out by Pesetnik. So you're you're just not sure how it's going to go. And when he leapt up over his head and it went over his head on that slow grounder, I was like, that's a base hit. This is a tie ball game. Mm-hmm. Like right. that was the first thing I thought. And Uribe comes out of nowhere and somehow gets that ball over there in time. I mean, I thought he was safe. I thought Palmero was safe at first. I couldn't believe it. They called him out. I'm like, what? Like, again, it was like one of those things. It was like, huh? And then, of course, like, you know, the pile on with dad and the family in the middle of the floor. And like, like we had won something. Right. You know, like we had won something. <laughs> but I always think to myself, then, like, I got my brother-in-law as a, a, a Cub fan. And I remember the stress that he went through in the World Series. Thank God our team was so good that they only lost one playoff game. I, I, I don't know how I could have made it. Like, thank God that they, they just basically ran through the whole thing. You look at White Sox Twitter right now. How are they going to get through a, a, a postseason, especially if it's expanded playoffs like Manfred's talking? Like, how do they get through that? I don't think I, dude, I, I, don't, I don't think they can. I mean, they're going to have to they're, actually set up like mobile tents for all the heart attacks. That Cubs series was rough, though. I mean, I care. I could care less about the Cubs, but even me watching that, I was like, I, you know, you couldn't even imagine being a fan. Like, during I that. can't even watch the no. like. I can't even. It was Game Seven. I'm like, I'm not. I, I can't watch. I can't watch the Cubs blow this in extra innings and get walked off. Oh, in, I, I would in, watch it in Cleveland. I'm just this. like, no, I can't even deal with this. I'm so like, hard. I went, I went in the other room and I worked out. It was like 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do a workout, you know, and which I did. And then, uh, you know, while I was working out, like the rain delay happened. And then I came back and I was like, dude, the game is still on. I was like, oh, there must've been a rain delay. And like, that's when, right, right. you know, well, everything. I, 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 will tell won, quick, but, I will tell a quick story about the Indians that night. Okay. We, I was trying my hardest not to root against the Cubs because of all the times that I had told my Cub fan friends, like, I would never root against you. But there was a little tinge of me that was like, this is amazing. Like, this is such an interesting series. It'll be, I'm, I'm not, I am not invested in any way. And then Lindor, I believe, is the one that hits the home run that takes the lead for the Indians and my, or, or ties it up. Ties it up. And my daughter, that one that just missed the World Series by a month right. with her birth, she comes running across the basement floor, slides across the hardwood and slaps me high five. And it was at that moment I realized that I had raised, I had raised the quintessential South side girl who was like, she wouldn't say a thing about the game the entire time. But deep down, she was like, I hope they lose. I hope they lose because she's never seen a world series. Right? So she's like, she's like what we were like as kids. Like, I don't want them to win one until I get to see one. Drove her absolutely nuts. I guess. So this World you know, Series to me will be more about her. Like I seriously, if they get to the World Series, the Sox get to the next World Series some point in the in the twenty twenties. It'll it'll almost be like I'll be just watching her. Like I'll be spending money to get her in the ballpark to see a game, just because you don't know how often you get them. So, but I just love the fact we get to talk about that now. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.